how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters. Did Home Alone, Rowan John uses career, the greatest movie never made, and how Jackie Chan creates perfection through failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. As a teenager, Sam Boyd would make short films and write screenplays with friends. This led him to eventually making the short in a relationship at NYU with Nicholas Braun and Dakota Johnson. That's where he learned to cut things together, he said, to direct. A couple years later, he made a full feature of the same story with Emma Roberts. This work eventually led him to the spec script for Love Life, which is now an anthology series on HBO Max. In the latest series, Anna Kendrick stars Starby. Our audiences are invited to follow her through an anthology series about first love and lasting loves. In this interview, Boyd discusses taking the pressure off of drafts and shorts, why he appreciates humanistic filmmaking and spec scripts, how to push the boundaries of television real estate, and why profoundly simple truths make the best stories. You can also look for the print interview on Creative Screenwriting's website. Yeah, you know, it was it was something that I was interested in from a pretty young age, luckily, and and so I was writing, um, you know, writing stuff as a quote unquote scripts as early as like middle school, and and you know, writing in word documents like essentially plagiarizing scenes from movies that I liked, and and all the things that people you know sometimes do when they're starting out. Um, and then, you know, going into high school where I started making short films and, and um, you know, most of those were pretty bad as well, but I was able to kind of get it out of my system and, and um, ended up at NYU for film school um, where I just kind of kept, you know, making little shorts. And, and um, eventually I made a short film called In a Relationship um, that starred Dakota Johnson and Nick Braun. And, um, you know, that was something where, I really kind of saved up and, and uh, you know, literally saved up, but also sort of like work-wise saved up to try to, you know, to try to not make something with, with, um, 
real, you know, a real budget, uh, and, and this was still a very low budget, but, but to make some, you know, everything basically that I had made up until that point was some tiny thing where the budget was just, you know, me personally buying everyone lunch, um, you know, the day that we shot, uh, and, you know, very low production value and stuff like that. But that really was where I learned to work with actors and, and, you know, learn how to cut stuff together and, and, and how to direct. Um, so that by the time I made the you know, in a relationship, um, I had had that experience and I think, you know, the, the short was better for it. Um, and, you know, and people liked, liked that short and I was very lucky to be able to turn that into a feature, um, that I made a couple of years later, uh, with, um, Emma Roberts and Mike Langarano and, and Jay Ellis and, um, a lot of great actors. Um, and that was a real kind of labor of love that, you know, we made, um, uh, independently and, and, you know, shot in my parents' house and, you know, my wife's aunt and uncle's house and kind of calling me in every favor. Um, and then, um, you know, and then, and then the next idea I had was the show Love Life and I wrote the pilot and, and, um, you know, was very, very lucky and, and fortunate to have it come together the way that it did and, and to get to go make it. What were some of your early conversations like back when you were making those shorts? Like, how did you present yourself and convince people to kind of work with you? And, and what made you want to take that step, like to put all that faith in yourself? I think, you know, one of the advantages when you, um, you know, when I, when I, for instance, when I'm making a short when I'm 15, you know, most people aren't making shorts. And so you're not, it's, it's sort of the opposite of, of, what ends up happening when you're on a professional set for the first time, which is like no one that is helping you has ever, it's not like they're all kind of seasoned crew veterans, you know, um, who are going to think you don't know what you're doing. You kind of have the advantage of like, um, you know, being able to rope your friends into, into helping you out and, and them not knowing what it's supposed to be like. So you're able to kind of make mistakes and, and, you know, go through that process of trial and error and, um, and, you know, and I think that was really helpful to be able to just kind of, you know, have absolutely no idea what I was doing. And, and, you know, you can make a whole short and have, you know, learn a big lesson about the way things cut together or how things are supposed to be shot. Um, that, you know, maybe if you had had to learn that lesson on a, on a bigger thing where someone else's money was involved or something like that, it would have been a bummer and, and reflected poorly on you. And, and in the case of, you know, a smaller short you're making on your own, you can just never show it to anyone. Um, so, you know, I tried to use that time a lot and, 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 you know, just tried to kind of call on friends who, who liked movies and, and, you know, kind of beg them to help here and there. Um, and, you know, and I think as far as, as far as what, you know, made me feel emboldened to kind of take that step, you know, a lot of it was, a lot of it really was kind of that same thing, which is like, you know, the, the stakes are very low. You know, I think especially when you, especially when they're younger, but really at any at any point in anyone's life that they're just kind of making stuff for themselves to 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 try to learn and to figure figure out how to make stuff. The stakes are so low that you know that it doesn't, you know. I wouldn't say it didn't take a lot of confidence because obviously you need a certain level of confidence, but I think there's there's a certain level too of of freedom and just being able to, you know, try to make something, whether it works or not. What were some of the unexpected challenges of taking the short, the interrelationship short and turning it into a full length feature? Uh, raising the money was one of the, no. Um, yeah. Uh, there were, you know, there were a few, um, 
you know, there, there were, there were definite creative challenges. I think part of it was, um, you know, part, part of it was in this short, I had, I used this kind of mockumentary device where there was an off-screen interviewer and kind of talking head interviews that really helped for the short. And I ended up not needing it for the feature, um, and kind of getting rid of that element. But, um, but, uh, it took me a while to realize that I should lose that. And so that was, that was like a process of writing kind of draft after draft of the feature where I was still holding onto that element and, and, and not seeing that it was no longer necessary. Um, you know, and, and then with anything, did you see it as a crutch or what made you take it out? You just think you could work around it. Yeah, it felt like, um, it felt like it came in handy in the short because we were compressing so much. Um, and, you know, and I use third person narration in love life as well. Um, in, in a not dissimilar way, which is, it's, it's just a way to, I think, convey information pretty economically and, and a way to kind of pack more in to make the story more dense. Um, and, and that was something that really came in handy in a short and, and, you know, comes in handy with a, with a slightly different device of, of omniscient narration in love life, because, you know, in each half hour episode, we're telling the complete kind of rise and fall story of a relationship. Um, and, and, you know, and in that 20 minute short, um, I think, you know, the documentary aspect helped in the same way so that I could establish who people were to each other, um, and, you know, convey information quickly and, and kind of try to draw humor from it or, or poetic insight. Um, and that then, you know, when I expanded that and all of a sudden I was telling, you know, a very simple story, just about two couples over the course of a summer and, and, um, kind of leaning into the low concept nature of that, the character driven nature of that, um, in the feature, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't need it. I had the time to kind of let those scenes play out and convey that information in other ways. So tell me a little bit more about the idea for Love Life. How did you pitch that? Was it always supposed to be a series? Was there ever an idea of it being a movie? Or do you see kind of the the 10 part, you know, 10 episode is just an extended movie? Or how do you kind of view the whole story? Yeah, you know, I, I definitely view it as as kind of a big movie and coming at it as a director as well, and not just a writer, you know, the, the way that it looked and the way that it felt was always at the top of my mind, um, thinking about the kind of cinematic nature of it. Um, in a way that I think, you know, not all television shows are conceived, but, but, you know, as far as the structure of it and, and the idea, you know, the idea to me was kind of inseparable from it being a TV show. You know, I, I think kind of, there was never, um, there was never a movie idea because it really was me going, you know, before I had any ideas for characters or the world that these characters inhabited or anything like that. Um, that, uh, you know, that, that I was able to sort of, um, you know, break this one person's story up into, you know, these 10 short stories about different parts of their life and different people they're connected to and, and how those people change them and, and how they grow and change over time. Um, you know, that, that, that being a way to, you know, use the sort of real estate of a season of television of half hour television, um, was always the idea. And, and I was, you know, looking at, I think, a lot of great examples of, of brilliant and ambitious half hour storytelling in the last five or 10 years that we've, we've all gotten to see. And, you know, whether that's Atlanta or girls or, or, you know, Fleabag or transparent, there's so many great examples of it, but, you know, people kind of pushing those boundaries and, and, and using that real estate in different ways was a big part of what inspired me and, and, you know, in always wanting to make this a TV show. 
What are some of the, the stress points of pitching an idea like this where, you, like as you just said, there are a lot of stories about love or romance, those kind of things. How did you kind of come in and differentiate yourself? Oh, oh yeah. Um, you know, I think, like, it's always hard to say that about, you know, to, to answer something like that about one's own work because it's kind of not for me to say in terms of, like, you know, the quality of it or anything. But I think, you know, one of the things that I've always tried to bring to it and, and that felt, you know, pretty specific to me is, is just, is, is, you know, the, this sort of attention to detail and, and really wanting to try to kind of strip away all of the plot artifice and, and contrivance um, that you normally see in romantic comedies and to, to hopefully surprise people with something that feels kind of sturdy and, and commercial and entertaining. Um, but then also remind them of their own lives or things that they've been through or, or people that they've known, um, and, and that trying to kind of hit that sweet spot of tone and, and mine the, you know, mine the kind of, you know, truth and, and humor from, you know, my own relationships and my friends' relationships and, and just, you know, my life and, and, and friends' lives um, as a way to kind of really get at what it feels like to, to be with somebody or to try to be with somebody to, to fall in love or fall out of it. Um, and, and to and to keep it that simple is something that I've always kind of, you know, tried to do in, in my writing. Um, is this a genre that you've you've kind of moved into coincidentally, or is this something you prefer to write about, Love Life? I see your your, your credits are mostly in, in that genre, except for Stand Against Evil, possibly. Um, I mean, it's, it's a lot there's a lot to mine there. Do you see it's kind of you scratch the surface, or are you plan to do some different things in the future as well? You know, I think... Um, it's always hard because I love so many different kinds of movies and I'm the kind of person with a very excitable and sort of short attention span that, you know, one week I can think I want to make one kind of movie and the next week I can think I want to make another. And, and, you know, and I just love so many different things, whether that's, you know, Coen Brothers movies or Tony Scott movies or Sofia Coppola movies or, you know, any, any number of sort of, you know, diametrically opposed, you know, opposed um, filmmakers, um, and, you know, I think with, in a relationship and with love life, I've happened into this kind of romantic comedy thing, but for me, really what it is, is just about the, the characters and, and, you know, it's about the people and wanting to explore people and who they are to each other and being inspired by, you know, humanist filmmakers like Alexander Payne or Richard Linklater or David O. Russell or Cameron Crowe, um, you know, and, and thinking that over time, I'm, I'm going to really be interested in telling stories with this kind of tone and this kind of approach to, to character work and, and attempt at authenticity um, without it necessarily being, you know, a romance. Obviously you want romantic elements, but, but, you know, wanting to look at stories about families or friends or, you know, and that's something we kind of expand the show to, to explore over the course of the season, you know, in later episodes kind of, deepening the definition or, or changing the definition of, of relationship um, in terms of what we're looking at in the show. And so, yeah, so I think, you know, all, all that to say, like, um, I guess I'm interested in, you know, sort of comedies that are a little dramatic and sad. Um, and, you know, that the ones I've done so far have been about romantic love, but that I think I'm interested in, in really just, you know, trying to explore as many different facets of the human experience as possible and, and, um, you know, and, and not always just, you know, look at romantic love. 
You mentioned um, kind of mining from your personal stories and, and your friends, things like that. What's some of the logistics of your writing process? Do you take notes? Do you have conversations to explore ideas? Like where does an idea kind of start and maybe how does it get to, you know, you decide to actually write something about it? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of am always writing stuff into um, the notes app in my phone. And every time I think of stuff, whether it's, you know, a whole idea for a plot of a movie or some tiny detail that I think is funny, um, yeah, I'm writing that stuff down and, and, you know, often not having a place for it and often not even using it. But but um, I think that's where a lot of stuff starts for me is is just as stuff comes to me or as I think about stuff in certain moments you know, putting it into the notes app and, and, you know, and then eventually, you know, if you're lucky, something starts to coalesce. And so in the case of love life, you know, once I knew I was writing love life and, and, and trying to figure it out, you know, I had a love life thing in my notes app and, and everything that could possibly kind of go into the show, I would, I would put in, into the notes and, and, um, you know, and so then I wrote the pilot by myself on spec, um, you know, before we pitched it or anything. And, um, you know, and that was a process, um, closer to kind of the way I've done things historically, which is not really outlining. I think, you know, with, with this kind of stuff where it's so character driven, a lot of it's kind of intuitive and the outline would be like kind of boring anyway, cause they're just all like sitting talking to each other. Um, so it was sort of wanting to, wanting to just find it as I went and, and that worked for the pilot. But then once we were actually making the show and getting the season on its feet, um, I learned so much from my co-showrunner, Bridget Bedard, um, about how to arc a season and how to break story and how to make television, you know, because that was not something I had ever done before. And, um, and so that, making the show completely changed my process. And, you know, all of a sudden I went from being the kind of person who, who didn't write outlines to being the kind of person who, you know, is working with a full writer's room of really talented people and wanting it to be as open and collaborative as possible. And, you know, having to write outlines that then have to get approved by studio and network and sort of the actors and, and, you know, and then they become scripts and, you know, and all, all the sort of, levels and layers of that, you know, there's, there's, um, so many changes that were made that, you know, I think affected my process for the better, um, you know, and made it so that you're really just working everything out so that by the time you're actually writing the script, you've kind of, you've kind of already written it, you know, in outline form and just in all the work you've done with the other writers and, and in that collaboration, you know, being able to, being able to kind of like, you know, do all that work so that it's it's really just a matter of typing it out by the time you're actually writing the script. Do you think there's any uh, maybe misconceptions about writing a pilot today versus maybe when you were in school? Um, I know recently some people will tell me, hey, you should watch so-and-so, and they'll say, watch at least six episodes, which is a big commitment to start something. Do you still feel that you kind of need to get everything in there in the first episode, or do you think audience is a little more forgiving today? No, no. I mean, I think definitely it's a funny thing because on the one hand, I think people are more impatient than they've ever been and have, you know, shorter attention spans than they've ever had, myself included. Um, so that like, you know, trying to get through a, you know, two and a half hour movie, like blows people's minds, um, uh, you know, but at the same time, people will watch, you know, nine hours of a television show straight or whatever. Um, and, and not only that, but do what you're talking about, which is, 
you know, have a friend tell them a show is great and say, oh, but you have to wait. It doesn't, you know, it's okay at first. It gets great on episode four. It gets great on episode six or season two or whatever. Um, and that people somehow have, you know, it, it seems like a little bit of a, it seems a little counter, you know, counter to what we're talking about, but, but it does seem like people have the patience to stick with a show and wait for it to get good and, and to kind of live within the world of a show. You know, I think with love life, it's a good example of something because I, as I was saying, wrote the pilot on spec and was really proud of that script and people really loved it. And, and, you know, and, and I, again, was very lucky to end up in a position where we actually made it. Um, and I'm very proud of that episode, but I also know that as proud as I was of it, you know, the show only got kind of richer and deeper and better from there. Um, and, you know, as we actually made it and, and as we actually, you know, as I was kind of collaborating with these other people that I, that I mentioned, you know, that was when the show really came to life. So it was this kind of funny thing where for so long the pilot, you know, I felt like I had put everything I had into the pilot and it got me there, got me this opportunity to work with these other people and to make it into a show. But, um, but that was really just the starting point in a way I didn't realize until, you know, we made the, 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 you know, all 10 episodes and, and kind of wrote as we went and, and listened to it and looked at what was working and, you know, wrote towards, you know, actors that were good together and, 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 you know, certain qualities of actors that you don't see until you're actually shooting. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, that's maybe like a halfway answer to your question, but I think it's really, um, you know, for, for me, it was just funny to see that I kind of thought it was all in there and, and, and it really wasn't yet, um, as proud as I am of it. And, you know, and, and that I do think there is sort of room for people to kind of stick with something as it, as it finds itself, you know, um, you know, and, and at this kind of, you know, people kind of sticking with the first few episodes before they give up on something. If someone's uh, maybe listening and, and they're, maybe they've written a lot of treatments, but not a lot of scripts, like what, what kind of inspired you to write a spec script? Like, do you see value in it, even if it weren't picked up? Like, do you see value beyond just as far as like the craft of writing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, the same way I was talking about making short films and, trying to take the pressure off of myself to, to go, you know, like the way I was talking about making shorts, it's like, I made a ton of shorts. Most of them were bad. Most of them didn't cost any money. And by the time I actually put a little bit of money into a short, I, you know, I, I, you know, had, had learned some things already and made a lot of mistakes, gotten a lot of stuff out of my system and taking that pressure off of myself to not just have the one short I put all my money into be the big thing that, you know, my career lived or died on. And, and I think the same way about writing and, and, you know, I, for a long time before this script, you know, for years, you know, was always writing something and, you know, wrote so many things that, that never went anywhere that I would, you know, give to other people and they'd kind of shrug and it just wasn't it. And, you know, something clicked with love life, um, you know, that was awesome. But I think, <clears throat> I think writing on spec is really important when you're starting out and, you know, that was something I felt just because when no one knows who you are, the idea of a treatment, you know, if you get a treatment, it basically has to be like the best idea. It has to be like, you know, you just came up with like, you know, the idea for Groundhog Day and Groundhog Day never existed or like, it's, you know, it has to be some huge high concept thing, I think, for a treatment to really 
um, kind of get you anywhere as a, as a, as a, you know, writer who's starting out as an aspiring writer. Whereas if you do write stuff on spec, you really are putting your money where your mouth is and you're showing people, you know, this idea that I have for a thing works and this is what the first episode would look like. And in addition to the spec pilot, I made a, uh, kind of a lookbook Bible kind of thing where I had fleshed out, you know, ideas for all 10 episodes. We ended up changing that a lot, but it was at least, you know, a version of it that I could point to and, and, and say, Hey, I've done this work and, and I'm trying to show you that there's a real series here, you know? And, and, you know, another part of it was with love life, I was actually writing a movie at the same time. You know, I spent a couple of years writing this movie that I thought was like, the greatest thing ever. And I literally thought I was going to, you know, win a screenplay Oscar for this movie. And love life was the thing that I would kind of do on the side for fun. When I hit a wall with this movie, I was writing and I would say to myself, Oh, you know, it could be a writing sample. Maybe I could try to get, you know, a staff job on a TV show or, or something like that, or, you know, work as a writer's assistant or whatever. And, um, and basically I think, you know, that's part of the reason why it worked and kind of clicked the way that it did is because I wasn't writing it for other people and I wasn't writing it to kind of be the thing, you know, and, and, and I know everyone's different, but in my experience, anytime I thought something was going to be the thing, that's like a shortcut to it being over, totally overcooked and overthought and, you know, written for other people, even if I'm saying I'm writing it, you know, for myself or with my own kind of interests and priorities in mind. Um, and, and then I just got really lucky that, you know, this movie that I wrote for a couple of years that everyone kind of was like, Oh, this is all right. You know, when I finally finished it, um, you know, the sort of side result of this process was, uh, was, was the pilot for love life, which I wrote thinking no one would really see it. And that is our show. Thanks again for tuning in. If it's your first time, make sure to hit that subscribe button on SoundCloud or iTunes. Also check out the new video essay series on YouTube called Creative Principles. And give us a review. That's one of the best ways to help share these interviews. Thanks again.